At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You know, I, I, I heard this saying the other day and I loved it. Soft skills deliver hard results. And so, don't you love that? I love so, that. Yeah, all the natural skills that we have as women, the listening skills, empathy, developing relationships. People want to work with someone and trust someone with their money uh, that have those skills. Hello and welcome to Financials Podcast, Future Rich. My name is Barbara Ginty and I am a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. And I am here today with my guest, Julia Carlson. Hi. Hi, good to see you. Nice to see you again. I really appreciate you joining. Um, I first saw you on stage at an industry conference and was just so impressed. So I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast to share with our listeners your career and what you've built. Um, Because I think you're a real role model in the industry. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to share my experience. (laughs) So why don't you tell our listeners, um, we have been talking a lot this summer about the personal finance career path and why I think it's such a great fit for females and we still have such a gap in the industry. So can you give us your background and share with us how you got into personal finance, how long you've been doing it and a, a bit about your career? Yeah, well, thankfully, I, I, I found this career at a young age. Uh, so my I first learned about stocks from my grandpa, actually. And then I had a really good money story growing up, which I understand is not very common these days. But my parents talked about money, talked about investments. You know, we were middle class, so we didn't, you know, it's it, it was, but, it, but money wasn't taboo in our house. Mm-hmm. So it was... Um, I remember getting my first job at McDonald's and my dad setting up my very first Roth IRA. And uh, back in the day with a, with funds, like you actually got a coupon. So you, you know, wrote oh, out wow. a check and sent money in. So it's like, I, I was an investor early on and then I was very entrepreneurial spirited as well. And so I actually found, I started working at a local bank in a very small town on the Oregon coast and they had an investment department and I followed the financial advisor around thinking, oh my gosh, this is what I want to do. (laughs) 
And so the bank got me licensed when I was 20. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. And um, so fast forward to, I was 23 and I went back to the bank program manager and I said, okay, I'm ready to be a financial advisor. And they said, well, as soon as the financial advisor retires or quits, you can have that position. Oh my God. Well, that would have been like 15 years later. So um, at that point, I decided to start uh, my own uh, company. At 23? At 23. <laughs> wow, that is young. Yes. Well, and to back up a little bit, I moved from the greater Seattle area to this very small town when I was 18 and got married when I was 19. So I like grew up fast. So I yeah. was kind of <laughs> always ahead of the game. <laughs> so and then so at 23, you said, okay, I can't wait for this person to retire which was great foresight to recognize it wasn't going to be soon. Yeah. And then, and then how, so how did you just hung a shingle? You just went and got office space or that's hard. Yeah. So I, uh, the, I, my branch manager was in Portland. So that's okay. three hours away from where I'm at. So I would actually drive to Portland once a week for training. Uh, but there was a, a CPA that I knew from the bank and he, he was like, Hey, if you do this, I'll support you. And so I, I remember having like a, a, a renting a little, like only when I had clients, because my office was at home, but I would go and meet in his attic clients that, that he would refer. Um, and other than that, I pound the pavement. I, I went door to door. I loved business owners. And mm -hmm. so uh, that's my favorite client to work with because I am a business owner. owner. And so, you know, it was just, I call that the hustle stage of business. I was hustling. Yeah, absolutely. Because you started at zero. Started started at zero. Yeah. And it and was they, before, before kids. So I call it, you know, this business was like my firstborn. <laughs> yeah. Having a business is like a baby. Totally. It takes, takes a lot of work. Wow. Okay. And so now fast forward. So you did that and then eventually you got your own space. How, got how my, so I moved okay. from the attic, attic to the garage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is, he had converted the garage into office space, but that's where I, I was at. And then probably goodness, 10 years later, m bought a, a building to have our office in. And then we tore down that building and now have a 4,000 square foot office where I actually, I can look out and see my old office where I was. Oh, you can. Now. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. That's amazing. And so you have a few offices now though, right? Yeah. So my office is in Newport, Oregon, and then we have four other locations uh, in the Valley. So Portland. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to go. But yeah. <laughs> four. And then how many, and so it's grown tremendously from when you started. Yeah. So we have a team of 20 now. We have seven wealth advisors, including myself, and then 13 support staff. Uh, wow. uh, yeah. And we are very team centric. So okay. even though, yeah, I may work with a set group of clients, it's, it's a, a lot of our, we, uh, we share responsibilities, um, of the clients, uh, within all the team. And then how did you go? Cause I think that the interesting thing about the industry is you can build the career that you want for, for most people are able to build the career that they want. So how did you decide? Cause some people like just to have one support staff or two support staff, keep it small. How did you decide to grow and and what do you think the pros and cons are of that? Yeah, great question. So for me, I'd always have this dream to build a big business, mm -hmm. not necessarily, 
you know, just kind of be a solo advisor. So I, I had this passion of helping people become financially independent, but then it was coupled with like, how do I build this business? And, and some things have happened along the way that just kind of like, uh, want, you know, I, I had to, what I call fire myself and mm -hmm. figure out like, what is Julia really good at and what are my strengths? And then how do I constantly just stay in those strengths and then surround people or surround myself with people that have opposite strengths? Strength. Because in the beginning, I hired a lot of people that were like me and we had a lot of fun, but we, we didn't have a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so for me, it was like, uh, it, I just wanted to keep expanding and keep growing. And so it was by trial and error really, and finding the right people that could help me and, and had the vision, it could come alongside my vision. So there was another part of that question. Tell me, ask me again. So what do you think the pros and cons are? Because I think that uh, yeah, there's a lot, there's, so for what I say to, um, in the podcast a lot is, you know, you could grow it to whatever income level you want. If you, you know, want to make a hundred thousand and, you know, work set hours during the week and maybe not work on Fridays. Cause that's when you do, you know, you coach basketball or soccer or whatever yeah. you can kind of make it a lifestyle business if you want, or you can grow it much bigger. I feel like you can do really whatever you want in this business. Absolutely. I think there was like this, this sweet spot kind of beyond after, after a couple years. And I, I was, it, it probably took me five years to get to about 250,000 of, of revenue. And I had maybe one, one assistant. And mm -hmm. I would say that was a really sweet spot. Like I was making good money more than I had ever had. Yep. And I had help. Um, but it was, you know, I couldn't stop there. I think some people are just <laughs> wired to go big. Um, and that was <laughs> definitely me, but I would say for someone that is, that is wanting to just have, have this as a career, but not necessarily build this huge business. That's very, I mean, you can make six figures. Yes. It's not overnight. You have to work hard, but, but you can get there and have pretty uh, control over your schedule. Then but what I did is I kept going. And so there's this, there's this like gap uh, um, where you're hiring, not just support staff, but then you're also hiring other professionals where you have to start paying more. And yeah. that's when all the profits were going back into the business. And I, I know that that for me, thankfully my lifestyle didn't grow bigger than, than my income. So I was able to reinvest this. And that was the best, you know, looking back, you, you look at, uh, I remember doing, what do they call it? The, the, the reports out there that say you're, you know, like the Moss Adams or the investment uh, news. Yep. You see what I mean? Like the, what word am I looking for? For the, for your growth, for the growth of the business, like where that point where you like where everyone is in the industry. Yeah. That, I think, um, they, they say the dangerous middle or something. They yeah. Think. But it's like, okay, your business compared to everyone else in the industry, the, the benchmark. Yeah, the benchmark. Benchmarks. Okay. I was failing. Like if you looked at the benchmarks, I was failing because I was not making a profit. And I remember thinking, like just being mad at that and actually like it fueled my fire to be like, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to scale this. And so 
now, you know, fast forward to where we're at now and we're starting to see 25, 30% profit margins where it took a long time to get there. And I think no one told me that in, in the beginning. Well, I think that's one of the, the one of the tricky things of the of the business, especially if you're going on your own, is there isn't always a roadmap and there aren't a lot of other females to look at. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're a great role model in the industry, um, but there aren't a ton of women still in the industry. So it doesn't surprise me that it wasn't known that the numbers, but that makes sense. So was it like four years of just reinvesting before you kind of got over that hurdle? Well, I felt like there were different times. So there were different plateau marks, if you will. So, you know, hitting a million um, was, was definitely still lean because we were growing so rapidly. Hitting 3 million was another uh, point where it was like, okay, now you got to bring in management and you have to think, you know, how, how you have other people in the position or in the company that aren't in a producing role. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's, there's those and that, and so now, um, you know, we should be, we're approaching 4 million this year and it's a whole new set of, of problems and problems. So I, I would say the problems don't go away necessarily, but as you grow as a leader, you know, as, as the CEO, um, you know, guiding the company, it, it's, you come to expect the frustrations and actually celebrate them because you're like, ah, I'm at a different point now. And, and I have to think about it differently. So. No, absolutely. That makes, that makes sense. Um, so why do you think it is that we have, what's your opinion on the, with the industry, why there's so few women in it? I think the statistics are still somewhere between like 16 and 20%. Yeah. Well, I think back in the day, I mean, money is a very masculine uh, thing, right? It's it's mm-hmm. power, it's money, it's it's, uh, and it it was traditionally very male dominated. It. it still is very male dominated, and so I think we can't fight that. It's just the way it is. And my feeling is, it doesn't mean that we need to have less men. It means that we need to have more women. And mm-hmm. as we get more women into the industry, it changes money. It becomes the softer side of money. It becomes, uh, you know, the more of the feelings and, and more of the femininity, which is actually a really good thing. But I think both together is going to be the magic. Uh, and I think that there is so much room for women to come into this industry and grow a great business, you know, whatever they desire, because, you know, all our journeys are going to be different, but the thing is to understand how are you wired and what do you want? And, and then once you get there, it's like, you know, I didn't, I never dreamed that the business would be this big. Maybe in like, Oh, I'm going to build an empire. Right. But not like, really really yeah not like actually with different office locations and all the employees yeah but at each different level you're like ah okay now I can go here or no I don't like that I can go here and so it's it's just being open open to being able to set some goal and then go after that and then once you reach it you can think about what's what's the next goal for you Our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started taking AG1 because these past few months, I've been trying to prioritize my health as I recover from a nasty case of long haul COVID. 
I like that it takes the mental work out of getting my vitamins and supplements because with just one scoop of AG1, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's super simple to incorporate into my morning routine because there's virtually no prep required and it tastes great. Plus, it's cheaper than a fancy coffee habit. Another thing I like about Athletic Greens is that they are a climate neutral certified company. If you want to give it a try, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash future rich to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So you just started at within the bank, they got you licensed. What would you recommend for women who are interested and knowing that they don't have to know today, whether they want to have a big empire or if they want a lifestyle business, what do you think is a a great way to get started? I think that for me, you know, I, I needed that bank. I needed Mm -hmm. the, I needed the, I need to be able to sit by a financial advisor (laughs) you know, for 40 hours a week and just take in the information and learn the business that way. For me, that was very helpful. Uh, And so I, you know, I think, uh, I think being in a company that is uh, growth minded, that Mm -hmm. is a bigger vision for your vision to fit inside that. I think that's super important that there's alignment with, you know, being with, with being with a firm or an institution that is where you want to go, or at least you think you where you, where you want to go uh, to get that experience. Uh, and then you can start making decisions uh, from there of, of what makes sense for you. Like for me, with my staff, like I, you know, I, I want them to feel that they have, uh, you know, a vision here and they have growth here, yeah. they have a career track. Uh, but, but then again, if, if someone came to me and said, Hey, Julia, my dream is to open up a new, my own business, you know, it's like, we would figure out a way of how to support that happening. So that, that makes sense. Yeah. And I, th- I think for so many women, they think with financial advising that it's like still the stock picking or that the industry has that reputation of like, you have to go to one of those big firms that's super cutthroat and you're in a pressured sales position, but it's not really like that. No, all of our advisors, uh, we, we like to, uh, groom our advisors within, (laughs) so they have no bad habits. (laughs) (laughs) That's smart. And and the way it was like, I, I want to think about how would I want to start and, and that's what I want to provide. So, and what I mean by that is like, for me, when I left the bank, I had to, I had to, I went completely a hundred percent commission. So, you know, I was selling things and do, and just like not really fully understanding was, was this the best thing for the end result or for the end, the client, because I just didn't know I was following who was training me. And so that's ultimately why I left the one firm and and went to a different one. So I could be more independent and just feel like, all right, I'm in control now that I'm educated and I know and have experience. Um, It just wasn't congruent for me to stay with the other company. And so I think, like for me, the, you know, supporting young, you know, young advisors that want to, hey, I want to look at this as a career. 
giving them a good base salary, giving them incentives, giving them benefits. Those are all the things I didn't have you right. know, when I started. So. Yeah. And I think those are things that I think women are a bit intuitive in that. And they like to know that there's that security that you're going to have health insurance and retirement where I feel like sometimes the male attitude is like, oh, I'll figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't I have we it. Definitely, yeah, we definitely want that more, more security. And it could be that you want to be a part of a team and, mm -hmm. and work in that environment. And, uh, and there's lots of opportunity, I think now that we probably didn't have 20 years ago. Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree. And I, um, I think the independent thing is obviously I'm independent, you're independent. I think it's really nice because as you said, you can drive the business how you want, but that is a little harder to start, you know, if you want to go out independent on your own versus joining an independent or getting training somewhere at another institution until you get your feet wet and know what path you want to go. Absolutely. We like to talk a little bit about work-life balance. So I always say this is a, a great, so I know it's very dependent on the business that you build and your personality of, you know, but how is work-life balance with this type of business and this career path? Yeah. So I actually, I, I don't subscribe to balance because okay. <laughs> I may have had it for one moment, but you know, that doesn't last. So the way I think about it is this um, work-life integration. Okay. So I have three kids and you know, I was in that hustle phase when they were small. And so, you know, I, I thankfully have a very supportive spouse. And so, and a lot of uh, family and friends that are around me. So, you know, I, I, I say that I am teammate, not self-made <laughs> because it does, it definitely, you know, it requires a lot of people supporting you depending on what, what your desire is. And so for me, it's like this inner integration of, doing sometimes I'm going to be in seasons where I'm working really hard and mm -hmm. then I'm going to go into a season of okay we're going to take the um you know the the, the the we're going to take the pedal off the gas and we're going to cruise a little bit and we're going to go on some vacations and we're going to have a lot of fun and so that being said my kids understand that the benefits of the success so the trips the vacations mm -hmm the horses, the, the <laughs> you know, the activities, you know, this is all because mom works really hard and, or dad works really hard. Okay, so okay. it's, you know, they, they, and I bring them along on the journey. So they will, you know, they, they were in my office a lot, you know, I, they I work from home. I, so it's been very, um, organic how, how it, it's happened. Um, but I would also say that I have complete control over my schedule, but that can also sometimes, you know, because you'll say yes to something where if you have boundaries set up with your team of helping you with your schedule, they're going to say no, where for me, it's, if they talk to me, I'm like, okay, I could do that. <laughs> so it's, it's trying to figure out how do you, you know, it's, you got to control the yes button. You have to other people help you with those boundaries and, and, and bring the kids along. It's not my, my life is not compartments. It's like, mm -hmm. it's, this is who I am. And that makes sense. I feel like that's true for a lot of business owners. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cause as you said, it's your firstborn. <laughs> <laughs> and then what are your, your future goals for your business? You, you've grown it substantially. What are your plans going forward? 
Yeah. So uh, right now uh, I'm thinking about like right now we help about 2000 families. And wow, so, okay. so we're, we're heading towards that 5,000 uh, family for four to 5,000. And, um, and that means we'll probably be managing a billion dollars. So I was amazing cool to manage a billion dollars. And, uh, and, and the just- goal of oh, this billion, are you doing all of this trade? Because I feel like one of the things people think is that, or especially females that I've talked to, that you have to do all the portfolio managed slot of trading. I did. We well, our team does. So our team does. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So DJ on my team, he does the research now. Where I mm-hmm. used to look at look at funds and all that. He does the research. He does the trading. So we have other people that do the trading. So no, you, and then you could also outsource that. I have a lot of advisor friends that they don't want to do any of that and they outsource it. So there's so many options that are available now that we did not have, you know, years ago. So yeah, because a, a billion dollars is a, a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. And so, and the goal is by, by the time I'm 50. <laughs> by the time you're 50. Okay. That's a yeah. great number. And that's young to have a billion so it'll probably be five years. Okay, nice. That's exciting. Which also means that we probably need to double the size of our team. Maybe not quite double, but um, bring on more advisors and more support staff. Yeah. To, to me, my commitment to uh, the team is that we don't want to overwhelm the support staff. So right, because right. we're growing so rapidly, it's it's um, we need to maintain those ratios so we can not only bring in new clients, but also serve them well and keep them. So for people listening, the ratio means, so for how many advisors you have, how many support people. So for every advisor, it's like two support staff. Yeah. One and a half. half. Yeah. Because we have a lot of paperwork in our industry. Yeah. We have a, we, well, (laughs) we're now paperwork thanks to these remarkable or paperless. Less. paperless we use remarkables i don't know it's a really cool business tool oh no i've never heard of it mine is right here well the people listening on the podcast it's like a pad electronic pad so oh that's so cool yeah so you take your client meeting notes or meeting notes conference notes and then they actually um wirelessly get into your email or your desktop and then you can put them into sale you know crm and all of that Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's that helped a, us. How, that's helped lot. get rid of a lot of paper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I just lost what my, uh, my other question was. You're getting up to four billion. So are you, did you find with COVID you went more virtual or is it still a lot of in-person physical office meetings? So we did go virtual dur- during COVID and then now we're probably half and half. So it just depends, uh, you know, in, in my office, there's a lot of uh, retirees that don't fully embrace the technology, mm-hmm. but in our uh, more uh, urban areas, it's more Zoom now. So I think it, I think it, I loved what it did with innovation and, and forcing us to be more virtual. I, I think that probably advanced us 10 years. Yes, because I think our industry was a bit was a bit lagging on the technology side. So yeah, I agree. It was lovely. Yeah. I think and it was I also think that positive. it forced it forced a lot of people out of the industry too. They're like, they're resisting. I don't want to keep up with the technology. I don't want to have to go mm-hmm. through another bear market or, you know, whatever it is. So I, I, I think, and that's going to naturally, I think, bring more women into the business as 
some of the old older male uh, advisors yeah. kind of retire out. Yeah, it's a big, there's going to be a big transition because I think the average age for advisors is still like 60 or maybe a little right. bit high, yeah. higher. So I, there's a big opportunity, I think, in the next few years in this industry as people start to retire. And I think also clients notice that, um, you know, they don't want to have maybe an only an advisor that's the same age as them. Like if they're 70 and their advisor is also 70, could be problematic. Yeah, for sure. We we see a lot of uh, actually older older couples that the man has done the management and now mm -hmm. that they're getting older, they're concerned for the wife. So then they want to start this relationship with a team together. Yep. Together. Yeah. And with, with advisors that are younger. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so I, I, I see that too. And I also find, find like, so we have uh, three millennial advisors and uh, they millennials want to deal with millennials. That's what I've discovered. They want to deal with peers. And so as the the baby boomers and the senior generation, as that money has moved down, which is trillions of dollars over the next 10 years, you know, that money is going to move to, to advisors, I think, that are younger, that have that experience um, and that are out there. Right. Because they feel like they can relate more probably. Yeah. And someone who can grow with their career and and, and their life trajectory. And mm -hmm. then you, um, what else is going on besides growth? Not that, not to discount a billion dollars, but what else are you working on besides that? You're you have a mastermind coming yeah, for, so for any of our advisor listeners who are currently in the industry. Yeah. So part of part of what gets me excited is helping other advisors succeed and grow. You know, when I was starting out, there were a, a lot of people that helped me on my journey. So I want to do that and contribute uh, to the industry in that way. And so we founded, um, it's called CEO Financial Advisor Mastermind. So it's for independent financial advisors that maybe they're a great advisor, but now they need to learn how do they actually build a business? How do they mm -hmm. hire people? How do they um, think like a CEO? How do, how do they... Um, compensate, how to, you know, all the things that evolve um, and happen along that journey to making seven figures. And so uh, we meet once a month and we, uh, we do roundtables. We do, I, I do some teaching, Lisa Dion, who's my partner in that she does some amazing teaching. And so it's really fun group um, of advisors. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Because it's two different skill sets, the advising and then the growth of the business is a totally different skill set. Absolutely. And you actually have to think about it as two different jobs. Uh, yeah, it yeah. really is. Mm -hmm. So if you spend all your time, you know, working, I, we call it in your business with mm -hmm. the clients, um, it, uh, you know, doing all of that work that, that is, is needed, but not timed for strategic thinking and, and building and seeing the vision of where you're going, uh, you'll just stay, you'll, you'll stay in that rat race. Right. Absolutely. Because it takes, you have to have bandwidth and time to make the hiring decisions, to post the jobs, interview. It's a total, yeah, it's two jobs, which is for people who like owning their own business, entrepreneurial is wonderful because you have full control, but for other people, that's something to consider whether or not you want to work inside of an institution and not have to worry as much about it. 
Yeah. And I think that's part of understanding what your strengths are. So it, and there's no, I mean, there's, there's a very good career track. If you, if you want to be a financial advisor and want to be on a team and you can make good money. Uh, And so it's just finding, finding the right company that is aligned with your values and, and what you want to do. Absolutely. And then we always like to ask, um, do you have a favorite book for personal finance that you recommend or entrepreneurship, even a podcast that you, you listen to? Yeah. So I would say for money, I I loved the book, uh, psychology of money. Oh, okay. Fabulous book. Uh, it's, it's a lot around, uh, behavioral finance. It was, it, it was, it's, it's a fabulous book. So I would highly encourage that one. Uh, and then as far as business, I would say, I think my all-time favorite is Think and Grow Rich. I, I remember reading that at 19 and I just read it again last year and a few times in between. And I, it's like, as you grow, that book meets you where you're at. And so you get li- different nuggets um, uh, based on where you are in your journey. And I just love that. So that is one of my favorites too, Think and Grow Rich. I think that's a, a great book for wherever you are. Yeah, absolutely. Any podcasts? I love Ed Milet. Oh, I have not heard of that one. Yeah. So he is, um, you know, he, he built his wealth building a, uh, it's like a a financial services enterprise. And then he's now shifted to like this business slash life coach and his podcast, his podcasts are awesome. He has great guests. My, my favorite. (laughs) Wonderful. And any last words of advice for women who are interested in doing this? Do it. We need you. <laughs> you know, I, I I heard this saying the other day and I loved it. Soft skills deliver hard results. And so, don't you love that? I love and that. So, yeah. All the natural skills that we have as women, the listening skills, empathy, compassion, all of those, you know, to work really hard at developing relationships. People want to work with someone and trust someone with their money uh, that have those skills. The other skills, there's calculators. We talked about that. There's apps for that. There's programs. There's outsourcing. So it, it's it's really when when I you know I I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a fancy college degree. And so there's really no excuses. I think if you're as long as you're excited about helping people become financially independent and experience that financial freedom, which often happens when you do that for yourself, like, you know, you know, developing those, that knowledge and personal finance, you know, all these other things can happen and, and, um, and can come alongside as you grow. I want, yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like as long as you're interested in helping other people do what you probably already did for yourself, and that would, if that's rewarding, if you're helping your friends and family, because you've now learned about how empowering it is to have financial control, you can learn everything else you need to learn about the business. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, this was so inspirational. I appreciate you coming on. Um, where is the best place for our listeners to, if they want to get involved in the mastermind or find out more about your firm, where should they find you? We can link all of this in the show notes as well. Yeah. So my personal website, juliamcarlson.com has lots of information and you can just Google Julia Carlson and I come up in a lot of places too. (laughs) Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And for all of our lovely listeners, you can find our most up-to-date information on Instagram, which is future rich podcast. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.